I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This episode would not be possible, folks, if it weren't for my friends over at Organifi.com. You can find all of their fantastic products, many of which I use on a daily basis at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you're looking uh, for something to start with, I would go for the green juice powder. Easy to travel with, super, super powerful and energizing and so good for you. But not only that, it actually tastes good. It's not a green powder that tastes like mold mixed with cat litter and an old shoe. It tastes freaking delicious. It's minty. It has kind of a matcha essence. No sugar. Doesn't spike your blood sugar. Won't take you out of ketosis. It's just badass. It's a great alternative to buying super expensive, easy to spoil green juice. Now, I love my green juice, but I really love the powder. Also, I'd love for you to try the Organifi Gold. And I'll tell you what, this stuff actually is gold. I covet my uh, bins of gold in my kitchen. I protect them. I look out for them. I only share my gold with very close friends. Now, actually, I give it to everyone that comes over because it's such an easy sell. And um, one little secret that my friends and family don't know is that I don't really do anything to it. You know, it's like, they'll come over, make me that one drink. It's so delicious. And I feel special. But all I literally do is put like hot water and cold water, maybe some fats into it. And, you know, I might soup it up with some other smart drugs or something weird like that. But really, it's just the gold tastes so good. It's a great base for any other type of elixir or superfood drink or even like a paleo ice cream or anything like that. So the gold and the green are amazing, but they also have some protein and probiotics and a red juice and all kinds of rad stuff over at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Once you get there, use the code Lifestylist and save yourself a cool 15%. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. T-G-I-F. What's happening? We're dropping a double episode on you guys today. A super bonus round. These episodes were recorded live at the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs 6th Annual Biohacking Conference that I attended a couple months back. But before we jump into this very special part one of the bonus, let's talk about next week's episode. What? Kyle Kingsbury from On It, Next Level Human Optimization, Psychedelics, and Life Mastery. Kyle's going to teach us uh, about what happened to him when he ate penis envy mushrooms. Well, sounds crazy, right? You're going to have to tune in to get it. I've got some upcoming events. I'll be at Rama Fest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th and 21st. Then the following night, July 22nd, I'll be doing the High Love Workshop also at Rama in Majorca. And then the Health Optimization Summit with Tim Gray, who was recently on the show and who also happens to be on the bonus episode part two today, September 14th and 15th. So if you want to come to the events, go to lukestory.com forward slash events. Let's talk about all of our amazing guests today. And then we're going to get into these lightning rounds. A lightning round is where I ask each guest the same exact questions and they give you some crazy ass, super informative, high vibe answers. Our first guest is Dr. Marie Ambuni. She's an anesthesiologist, mystic shaman, energy healer, and antheogen shaman who's worked one-on-one with some of the top leaders of our time. She's also the founder of Reclaim Your Soul Power, the author of Reclaim Your Gifts, and co-author of The New Feminine Evolutionary. 
Next up, we've got Crosby Taylor. He's a college football player turned fashion model, turned health coach, avid nutrition researcher, biohacker, and sugar-free dessert chef. He just texted me today and said, hey, man, when am I going to come over and do an ice bath? We're going to make that happen soon. Next up, we've got Daniel Raphael, who's a transformational guide who supports others in activating their innate abilities and up-leveling their lives. Daniel grew up with some severe mental and emotional disabilities that led him on a decade-long journey around the world to heal himself and study with numerous masters, teachers, and shaman. Next up, we've got Michael Trainer, who's soon going to do a full-length episode on the show. He's founder of Peak Mind. He's also a social movement innovator who created Global Citizen, a music festival dedicated to ending poverty that gathers 70,000 people in Central Park every year through their own social actions. Next up, we've got Anthony Capobianco, who's the founder of Zen Tea Traders, a company that works with restaurants and coffee bars all over the U.S. to help them step up their tea game. Next up, we've got Troy Casey, a.k.a. the Certified Health Nut, who was recently on the show for a fantastic full-length episode. He has successfully restored physical, mental, and emotional balance to clients who have failed with all other systems. His unique holistic approach uses nature-based simplicity that anyone can follow. So this is going to be a wild ride, you guys. I'm banging out these questions one after another, and the answers that our guests come up with are truly life-changing. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this one and make sure to tune in after this for part two, for which I will be doing, of course, a separate intro. Sit back and enjoy this very special episode of the Lifestylist podcast recorded live at the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs 6th Annual Biohacking Conference. Enjoy the show. What is your name and what do you do? My name is Marie Mbuni. I'm an anesthesiologist, a mystic shaman, energy healer, and theogen shaman. I love this because you work in the medical industry within the context of the matrix, but you, <laughs> you know, in the whole of your life from getting to know you for a few moments prior to recording, you live in that world, but also in the world of the uh, shamanic mystic as well, which is really fascinating. So I have a feeling already we're going to have to sit down and have a much longer conversation. But thank you for being here for this portion of it. We're going to start off with this question. What current myth, fad, or scam in the health industry bothers you the most? In other words, if you could do away with one misconception or one erroneous belief that people are following to be healthy, what would that be? Hmm. I think it would be the fact that a lot of people are disempowered from listening to their own bodies, to the information that comes from the intelligence of their bodies. Your body knows. I know if I eat something that my body doesn't like, it doesn't even take a minute. Either I'll hear growling or I'll feel tired. And so many people are not allowed or they forget to listen to that and just follow blindly whatever is going on. I think it's an, an important piece in really growing healthy, in really getting to the next level of our biology. That's great advice. You know, I had a moment uh, a couple of days ago where I had come home and I ordered this food delivery service called Model Meals. It's amazing. Organic, farm to table, paleo. They deliver pre-cooked, pre-made meals that I can just heat up. I'm not big on cooking. So anyway, I was out of town. I was at my girlfriend's place in Ohio, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. 
And it had been delivered on the day that I wasn't there. So I was sitting outside for a whole day at, you know, 65 degrees or so, but it's in this cold yeah. packs. Had a buddy come over and put it in the freezer or in the fridge for me. And then I came home the next day and I uh, pulled out one of the shrimp things. Mm-hmm. And I pulled it out and it was like shrimp on kind of zucchini noodles. And it was a little watery and I smelled it and it was a little fishy. And <laughs> I had this intuitive thought. I was like, I don't think this is good, but ah, I'll be all right. Yeah. And I cooked it and I was fine. But I did have some digestive issues that right. came up later. And I think it had gone a little bad, you know? And um, I was like, God damn, my body knew. Yeah. My body knew. And it was just, it didn't smell that bad, but my body was just like, mm, it's a no. Yeah. It's a 51% no. And I kind of ignored it. And luckily, you know, I didn't get food poison or anything, but thank you for the reminder of that. And I think that is really important because there's so much noise in the health industry of right. the best diet, the best supplement, the best practices, the best technology when our own body is the best teacher. So thank exactly. you. Great perspective. What are the three most toxic items present in every home? Hmm. I want to start with cleaning supplies. I actually had to detoxify my place. You know, you have a lot of cancer producing products. It's actually on labels, chlorine. And we get so bombarded by ads. You know, if you want this, use that to clean this. And the reality is that we don't need that. Or if you feel like you want to have Clorox, maybe store it outside of your house or your place or your apartment because they create so much health problems. Number two, I want to say it's water, our water. It's, it's incredible how much how much damage the water that we have in our taps can do, fluoride, compounds that are not filtered by our regular filter system. So I really recommend people get filters that can take away many things, maybe four stage, three stage filters for water that they drink. You don't have to buy bottled water. You can just filter your water. And um, in your showers, maybe if it's possible, finding water that is, you know, filtered. And third, I want to say it's noise, actually. And noise from our fridge, our appliances, TV, cars. Um, It is actually... I want to say one of the greatest disturbers of our sleep, our rest, our ability to go inward, a lot of noise. It's, it's actually polluting our inner spaces. That's great. I mean, that's why they call it noise pollution, right? Yeah. yeah. I just moved out of the middle of the city. I mean, for a number of reasons, but that being one of them, I lived in a really loud intersection. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to relax. I don't yeah. think your nervous system can fully just decompress when there's all of this noise. Even sitting out here, I mean, we have a beautiful fountain, which is creating a nice ambient noise. You can f- hear the wind and the palm trees a little, but then there's Wilshire Boulevard is yeah. right there. And it's like even sitting here, it's, it's, yeah. it gets me a little bit on edge where if we were sitting here in the middle of the jungle mm-hmm. around these sun and palm trees, it, wouldn't, it would be a different experience. So you're absolutely right. That's a that's a really good one. If you could only take... This will be interesting, I think, because you're both in the medical and the natural mm. world. But uh, if you could only take one supplement for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm. Everything gets taken off the market, but you can have this one vitamin or powder, pill, herb, whatever it is. One thing you can take exogenously for your health. What would that thing be? 
I would have to say love-infused cacao. Oh, nice. Yeah. Love because love is the greatest power. And, you know, we can get into that later. And cacao actually is one of the few, I think just two substances can produce anandamide, which is the bliss molecule. It's, it's actually, it can bring antioxidants, theobromine, and so other. I think, yeah, it would have to be that. And the bliss molecule was discovered accidentally. And everybody's brain has the capacity to produce what is called endocannabinoids products. And they go to the cannabis receptor in the brain. We have them in our brains. And so cacao can bind into that and create bliss. This is good for meditation, for inspiration, creativity, love, sex, you know, you name it. So there's a there's some um, there's something behind why in a romantic setting one would bring <laughs> chocolates and roses to hey. their their uh, you know potential mate, right? Absolutely. That's funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always been one of my secret weapons with with the ladies is like it works. I, I have really good chocolate sources. <laughs> you know yes. I mean? it's like, yeah, it works. It's, a, it's great. You bring the cacao. I've yet to have a woman be like, eh, I don't like chocolate. Actually, you know what? There was one. That's not true. There was one. One a girlfriend of mine did not like the taste of chocolate. Mm. And I'm like, I would try different, you know, okay, maybe mm. it's a brownie. Maybe it's some pudding. Maybe it's a mm. smoothie. It's like, nope, didn't like chocolate. Mm. But that's one out of a few. Yeah. Okay. So what's your number one free biohack? Something that doesn't cost anyone money that really uplifts you and gives you uh, longevity and uh, power? Breath. The power of breath, pranayama, it is an amazing way to give yourself energy, to clear your energy, clear your brain. Um, For those who are more out there, like bring chi and prana to your system. And it actually changes your physiology of your brain. You know, when you breathe in and out, the CO2 amount that you have in your cerebral spinal fluid changes the chemistry and the plasticity of your brain. So just by breathing alone, but really proper breath, where you allow your diaphragm to expand, your belly to expand, and then you hold a little bit and then exhale everything you literally clearing and getting oxygen. It's, it's incredible. You can actually get in altered states of consciousness just with breath alone. Incredible. One of my favorite ways to do that. I call it getting high on your own supply. <laughs> there you go. It's free. <laughs> what's the most, in your opinion or experience uh, personally, what's the most nutrient-dense food on the planet? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Nutrient-dense. Cacao with fat. Good fat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because when you get a processed cacao, the fat, the... the, the uh, you know what? Do you, what is it? The the white part that yeah, they take out, yeah. which you can use as fat, but that gets removed, right? Right, right. 
Right. Because when you chew on the uh, the cacao beans, they still have the fat in it and yeah. they're kind of chewy. But once you have a powdered dry yeah. cacao, then you got to add the fat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Love it. So you have to sort of reconstitute cacao then. And um, what's one piece of advice that you'd give a young person under 25 who wants to live a, a, young, a, a long and vibrant life? You know, if a young person like really wants to lock a practice um, in early on, what would that be? Presence. Presence and awareness of the self. Because that's how you can actually start connecting to what your true desires are. I know that for myself, I bought into this um, false belief, which is work hard, you know, go to school. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying don't go to school, but it was like work hard. And then one day when you're like 65, you will retire and finally start living your life. It's backwards. When you listen to yourself, when you're really present to who you are, you start connecting to what you really, really, really want. And you can start going for that or allowing yourself to dream about that part of you. Awesome. Thank you for the reminder. I just got to practice it while you're speaking. (laughs) (laughs) And who's been your favorite speaker here at the conference so far and why? I want to say I love I love Jim Quick. It's I learned so much. I remember I did one of his courses uh, last year through Mind Valley, and and for the first five minutes, it's like you can brush your teeth with your left hand, and I'm still doing it today, one year later, just to improve my brain neuroplasticity and he teaches you so many techniques where you can learn fast you can retain fast because let's face it this is a this is a time of information overload so you if you can pick what you need and retain it then you don't have to overwhelm yourself with a lot of information cool i love jim quick yeah Yeah, we had a great uh, conversation on this podcast a few months ago in new york yeah yeah great guy Okay. And then if you could only take advice from one health expert for the rest of your life, who would that person be? Not anyone present here, but just in general. Who, who's your go-to guru in, in the health field that you think has the, the most answers that relate to you? My higher self, my intuition, because she knows. She knows. Thank you. And how do you handle or manage negative emotions that come up in your day-to-day life? Um, number one, you actually have to acknowledge that you're having a negative emotion. A lot of people suppress or oppress or push down, quote unquote, negative emotions because they think they're bad or, you know, they want to be enlightened or they want to be good. I actually want to say there is no bad emotion. There is just what the choice that we have to do what we want to do with that emotion. How do we react? Let's say you find yourself angry. There's a reason, but you don't have to punch somebody. You don't have to yell. You can just accept that I'm angry right now. And what does that tell me? What does that teach me? What does that show me about myself? So I would say acceptance expression of the emotion in a healthy way, meaning don't punch, maybe 
sing a song, make a movement, ask your body, how, where do you feel this anger, right? And then the choice of your reaction. But ultimately, you want to release it because our bodies are like repositories. When we have negative emotions that we don't express, we store them in our bodies and they become stress, they become tension, pain. And so we don't want that. We want to release and let them go. Thank you for that. Great advice. Okay, so how can someone become health conscious without becoming neurotic and too obsessive and paranoid about Mm. it? It's a great question. Uh, I want to remind all of us that the first intention is how how do we become health conscious, right? So when we remember that, we also need to be aware of where we are judgmental, where we become... Like when there's some bigotry that comes, you know, into play. So when you want to be health conscious, always remember your intention and allowing other people to choose what they want to do. Everybody is just doing their best. I know many people on different types of diets who judge, oh, how come you eat honey? How come you eat? vegetables, you know, that's so bad and it's wrong. That's a judgment because everybody is coming from their best. So if we remember that, maybe we can release this war because these are actually diet wars. It's not Star Wars anymore. (laughs) The diet wars. Yes. That's so funny. It is. Yes, they are. It is. The dogma. And so yeah. it's like, do we, how can you be healthy if you're at war? You know, it, they don't go together. Right. How can you be healthy if you actually fighting? You know, you're fighting people, you're fighting food, you're fighting. It, it is not a relaxed state of mind. And your body gets stressed when it's in fighting mode. So if you start remembering that, maybe you can relax about what other people are doing. And if you want to share, you know, insights or great advice, maybe do it less from a place of superiority. I'm, you know, I'm better than you because I only eat kale. And maybe coming from a place of, you know, I have discovered that I have so much energy by eating kale, right? And, and then the other person might be inspired, like, wow, let me try this kale. So they feel good and you feel good. And nobody feels put down, let down, right? And then the last part I'm going to say is that always, always listen to your body and not the fads, not what everybody says. Don't let anyone push you uh, or anybody's idea or representation of what being healthy looks like. Because remember, the diets that we think are bad today were good even a couple of years ago. So who's to say that this thing that you think is like the best will not be proven to actually not be good? I mean, you don't know, right? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been watching the fads for about 22 years now. Right. Yeah, come and go, vegan, vegetarian, paleo, you know, 
like, <laughs> carnivore diet now. Yeah. My brother's on the carnivore diet. He only eats beef, salt, pepper, and water. That's that, literally that's all he eats. <laughs> and you know, it's really interesting. And, and you know, it's only been a few months, so we'll see in 10 years if he keeps it up. But He's the healthiest. He's uh, late 30s. You know, yeah. he's had a lot of immune system problems and things like that. I right. think because he was a C section, that's my own theory on, you know, the <laughs> mm-hmm. gut biome, another yeah. conversation. But he's not been incredibly robust and healthy. And he's the healthiest now that he's ever been. And all he eats is meat. And that, you know, meat it's like. Meat has a lot of like, dense nutrients, uh, okay. right? right. Uh, when it's like, you know, what I call. You know, sometimes I eat meat and people ask me, what kind of meat do you eat? And I'm like, I, I need to make sure they have been loved and caressed and really, you know, taken care of. That's the kind of meat I might eat, right? If they haven't been loved and caressed and taken care of and, you know, play, like, but that meat, nutrient dense, a lot of building blocks. Because it's not just about the fat or it's you want to actually make sure you build your muscle, you renew your cells because it's not just maintenance. You want to build, you want to repair, you want to grow. So I can I can see that he's yeah. really healthy. Yeah, yeah, that. it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people are freaked out by that approach, but to me, it doesn't seem that balanced. No, it's not. It doesn't seem balanced you know, to so me either. I, I try to find a balance. Yeah. I eat some carbs. I eat some fat. I eat yeah. some protein. I eat a little sugar. Me too. I mean, you know, I live a little. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> me too. I do want to ask you though. So this is off my list of questions in the lightning rounds here, but I do have. Well, I've got three minutes exactly, mm-hmm. actually. But from a more spiritual perspective, because something that I struggled with when I moved out of being a vegetarian, which I was for about 10 years and started eating meat. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that I didn't eat meat is because I really love animals. And I look at a dog or a cat or a horse or a cow or a fish, and I don't want to hurt that animal mm-hmm. for my own uh, you know, uh, sustenance. I just I don't want to see anything suffer. And so mm-hmm. I really struggle with that. And at a certain point, I had to really look at the nature of energy and life force Mm -hmm. and come to peace with the idea. And this could be a justification. I don't know, but it feels pretty good to me and allows me to eat. It's sort of that if a cow is slaughtered and it's done in the most humane way that there is, at least in Mm -hmm. that process, that um, you can't actually kill that cow, that that cow's energy now went into the ethers and who knows what it becomes because I'm not in that dimension and that um, it's going to reemerge as fertilizer that becomes a plant and that plant becomes food for another cow and so on and so on when you kind of look at the circle of life. Yeah. And that was the way I was able to reconcile that and mm-hmm. know that I'm eventually, if I'm buried in the ground, I'm, I'm going to become food for worms and bacteria and fungi Absolutely. and bugs and things that are going to eat this corporal body. Yeah. So are those bugs immoral because they're eating a a dead exactly. human body. You know what I mean? No, and, yeah. and you kind of go around and around in circles and, and that's how I was able to make peace. But from your perspective, um, doing the shamanic work that you do, and I mm-hmm. get the sense that you're very spiritually in touch with the cosmos and mm-hmm. everything within this physical plane. How would you reconcile eating a fish or a lamb or a chicken or something um, when something does have to die in order for you to live? So... I actually want to invite you to look at it in a different way to make a slight shift. Okay. Because we, the humans, are the ones who put judgments on it has to die or it has to 
I love, I love that, you know, the image you were painting, which is that everything is energy and there's a cycle of energy going on. And I, what I've noticed is that a lot of people who struggle with animals is actually they, they're saying that, oh, plants are, animals are superior to plants. Right. Who tells you that when you eat plants, you're not killing them, actually? You right. are killing them. Right. You're cooking them. Did they say they wanted to be cooked? Right? So like, if you're going to go there, just breathe air. Don't consume anything. Well, even if you breathe air, you're killing um, nanobacteria right. in the air. <laughs> you know, so, like every step you take, you're killing some living organism. That's why I'm talking about a shift yeah. in your consciousness and looking at this as these plants, animals, they are giving themselves to you. Like when, when I eat, I actually look at the energy. I thank the plants. I thank whatever I'm eating for coming to give me energy so that I can be alive and so that I can also share that energy with other people, with the universe, right? So when you look at it that way, that then you can honor them. And, and instead of thinking, oh, this is so bad, it's like, wow, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming into my life. You know, um, there are certain circumstances where, you know, things come in your life, maybe not in a harmonious way. However, the result could be something incredible. So that's what I really want to invite people to do is like honoring whatever came to nourish you, to nurture you, to feed you, to support you. And just take a moment before you do anything and just say, thank you. Thank you. That's important to do. Yeah. I, you know, one thing that I did that helped me mm-hmm. come to peace with that is I went and visited the farm. It's called Belcampo Farms up in Shasta where I get the majority of my meat. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I played with the baby pigs that were exactly. very likely had become my bacon later on. And I yeah. looked them in the eyes and said, hey, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and thank you. I love you. You're going to become yeah. a tasty piece of bacon. It's still hard for me. I mean, that feels but, so cruel, right? But the thing is, you are the one with the judgment of thinking that it is cruel. Right, right. But like when a rose is born and she gets to her full expression, what does she want to do? She wants her beauty to be seen, to be shared, right? What is the ultimate destiny of that baby pig to live and like be old and die in the pig farm? Or to be like in many houses where people are going to be happy and, you know, thrive and have a great meal and be like, wow, that was incredible. What would she rather want? So when we look at it that way and not project our human feelings on other sentient things or beings, 
and really honoring, like, what is that guilt? Where else in your life do you feel guilty? That is there the real go. question. Bingo, bingo, yeah. That's yeah. the real question. Yeah, yeah. there's a, um, a self-loathing undercurrent that's prevalent in that idea of not only condemning oneself, but condemning other groups of people right. for the choices that they make when it's, it's a projection of your own oh, guilt exactly. trip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Thank yeah. you for that perspective. I'd love to talk more with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to ask you that one thing because I've interviewed a lot of people that you know live a vegan lifestyle. A lot of people that are very pro animal mm-hmm. foods and things like that. And you know, I don't. Yeah. I think I always say whatever gets you through the night. Like whatever works for you, cool. I love you. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like do your thing. Yeah. But just I did have a personal sort of struggle to overcome with that. And yeah. at the end, it was kind of like I don't know. It's either me or them. Like I, my body does not do well without animal products. And I, I had to acknowledge that truth that yeah. my body's going eat a fish, Luke. I need fish. I need mm-hmm. steak. I need bacon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no amount of kale, you know, dehydrated no. kale chips was going to make my body stop yearning no. for that. And I exactly. just had to, I had to listen. I'm 6'2". I'm a dude. Like, yeah. I need real food that makes me feel full and strong. And Ex- that happens exactly. to be animals some and, of the time. And, you know, like, a lot of these diets are constructs. I mean, let's face it. It's a whole, I don't want to open that kind of warm, but yeah. there's a whole industry behind every major fad. Just think about how many fake bacon, fake turkey, fake uh, whatever. Like, what is that? Where is it coming from? How is it made? Right. What is the carbon footprint of those products? Like, I mean... Good point. Right. Good point. You yeah, know? I think that the processed foods is interesting. There's so many processed foods that replace just normal food that you get at the farmer's market. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? And and so it's like, yeah. what what is that? Right? Yeah, it's interesting. And, and we're moving. That's why we have so much disconnection. You know, so many people are disconnected from their bodies, from their environment, from other people. They cut off. And if you only eat you know, powders or like, you're not connected. Right. Thank you. I love it. All right. We got to wrap it up here. Okay. A couple more quick questions for you. Uh, do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what is that for you? Mm, I do have a spiritual practice. And um, I actually want to say my whole life is a meditation presence, gratitude, radical forgiveness are really important. Of course, plant medicines, you know, all those things, but an everyday practice is gratitude, forgiveness, self-love, self-acceptance. Big. Love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Where do you see the future of physical health going? Mm. What, are the, what's the, what are the breakthroughs going to be that you see that we really start to crack the code of disease and you know premature aging and all of this? You know what? This is a dream of mine. Energy intelligence. Where we start hacking our energy field. 
you know, our chakras, our auras. It's actually measured. You know, sometimes when we use words like chakra or aura, there's a collective uh, sometimes judgment of what, what does it mean? What is it? But science is finally catching up. So when you can hack your energy, because a lot of diseases are actually due to blocks or misalignment in our energy field, like blocked anger usually causes cancer. Like, you know, it's, it's been shown. So hacking our energy field, catch everything before it even goes into the physical and blast it. Oh, that's awesome. That would be great. I love that. All right, man. Well, I think um, that does it for us. So where can people find your website, social media, anything that you'd want to promote or if people just want to learn more about you and your work? Mm, my website is marieembuni.com. Uh, Instagram, Embuni. And spell that out for our listeners that... M-A-R-I-E-M-B as in boy, O-U-N as in Nancy I. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Um, what am I excited about? Oh, I'm going to be speaking with Don Miguel Ruiz at the Gathering of the Shamans in oh Sedona. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Wow. Um, and um, it's in May and it's... He's been an inspiration for me for a long time because he's a physician who also embraced his shamanic self. Like he was, you know, he's a doctor too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, I'd like to interview him someday. Amazing, amazing human being. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining me on the Lifestylist Podcast until we meet again. Thank you so much for having me. So honored. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably figured out that I'm completely obsessed with health and wellness. What you might not know, however, is that I've got a store over at lukestory.com forward slash store where I link out to every single product that I use in my personal life. So if you're into upgrading your sleep, looking for the best in EMF protection, wanting to find the most effective and cutting edge biohacking technologies and healing devices, looking for the best medicinal mushrooms, herbs, superfoods, the highest quality skincare products and makeup. There's even an entire category of products dedicated to travel and jet lag, which is one of my personal passions. You can find all of that over at lukestory.com forward slash store. What's even cooler though, is that in most cases, a special discount code is provided for you as a listener of the show. So go to lukestory.com forward slash store. It's a great way to support the podcast, support some of my favorite, very high integrity health and wellness companies, and more than anything to support yourself and the health of your family. lukestory.com forward slash store. And now back to the interview. So what's your name and what do you do? What's up, man? I'm Crosby Taylor. Uh, I am a sugar-free dessert chef, biohacker like yourself. Um, I'm very interested in health, wellness, and especially gut health. It's kind of been my main thing as of late. Um, and I was a college football player turned model that got just really enthusiastic about health and longevity and, and getting to a place where I felt my best all the time. 
Awesome, dude. What current fad, myth, or scam in the health industry bugs you the most? If you could debunk one myth, what would it be? Oh, I know there's a lot of them. There's a ton of them. Pick the most annoying one and let us know what it is. Um, well, since I'm in the water business and I'm working with uh, hydrogen water and Trucy, uh, the one big one is this this alkaline water thing. I think, you know, it's for some people. I think that it, it has a has a use when you're maybe really sick. But to be drinking it as a healthy person all the time uh, is definitely a myth because what it will do is eventually uh, get your stomach acid to a place where it's neutralized, thus making it harder for you to digest food, which is what everybody's going through is this issue between you know, digestion, gut health, uh, bacteria slipping through. When our stomach acid is low and it's been neutralized, when we eat certain things that have bacteria on them, those bacteria are going to get through and they're going to cause havoc on small intestine and, and that kind of stuff. So be weary about drinking alkaline water all the time, especially around food because it's going to neutralize your stomach acid. Damn, dude. I did not know that bit about the uh, the bacteria. That's interesting. Yeah, it's our first line of defense. It's funny though that you say that because years ago, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, um, so to speak, the proverbial Kool-Aid of Kangen water. Yeah, yeah, Back, yeah. you know, years ago when I first found about that, I bought into the MLM. I got a machine. I started slanging it, doing demos for people, the whole thing. And it was cool because I learned a lot about water chemistry in the process. But um, eventually, I just I realized it was filtered tap water, and then I became okay. knowledgeable about how shitty the filters were in a Kangen machine. No offense, Kangen people, but it's a shitty filter. Um, <laughs> so you're drinking like electrocuted alkaline water, the high ORP I like that it's got this antioxidant effect, kind of anti-inflammatory, but you're still drinking tap water. So I bailed on it, but then after that, dude, I had a lot of um, heartburn and indigestion and stuff, and then I had to for about four years take HCL anytime I would eat a steak or something really heavy or substantial I'd have to take the Look acid you did you, you neutralized yeah. your stomach acid and it's like I didn't really put the pieces those two pieces yeah. together and then eventually I'd, I I don't have the heartburn anymore um, and I don't take HCL so I think I, I built my ability bu- to make it, it again you know for so you. I recovered but wow that's really good information because I get that question a lot and I'm like I don't know HCL is a lifesaver for in people nature, that are having those you do, issues, like, by the um, way. You know, I'm a spring water dude. You, you, you get springs that are slightly alkaline, but the only ones that are really alkaline are loaded with inorganic minerals that you can't, that aren't bioavailable and they yeah. just, you know, wreak havoc on you in other ways. So I, I don't really think alkaline water in nature even is necessarily a way to go long term. No, most actual like water from nature can be, ten, tend to be more acidic. Right, mm. right. Cool. So thank you for that. Yeah. What are the three most toxic items present in every home? Usually they're, you know, shampoos and conditioners, things that, they, things that you're washing yourself with that are absorbing through the skin have tons and tons of different mitotoxins in them. I think, especially living in Los Angeles and how toxic Los Angeles can be and the old apartments, I think people really need to check into... Uh, the molds. I think that's kind of big when it comes... I have a lot of friends that have dealt with issues with mold because they've had... They've been in apartments that have been around since the tw- 20s and 30s. And um, have it's obviously rained enough to where things could have gotten screwed up and mold could be growing in different places. They don't know it. And um, uh, cookware. I think a lot of people are using the wrong cookware and they're leaching some of these heavy metals into their food on a regular basis and might be toxifying themselves with heavy metals and doing all these other things that are help promoting their health, but don't even realize what they're cooking with on a regular basis is, is toxifying them. So yeah. 
That's funny because I just uh, <coughs> interviewed Max, as you know, Max Lugavere uh, on a lightning round and, and we were talking about Teflon yeah. and the no stick pans. A lot of people don't. I still see people using those and I'm like, I guess because I'm a health enthusiast, I learned about that 20 years ago. Right. Stop using those. And I'm like, oh shit, there's still a whole world of people that don't know that yet. Right, right, right. Well, it makes it easier, right? For this food. To, you don't yeah. To... I mean, honestly, like I miss the no stick pans because it is more convenient than <laughs> my so... cast. I mean, my I don't care how much ghee I use. My shit always sticks to yeah. the pan and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, people, um, that's the issue of it getting into your food because it chips eventually and it erodes and gets cooked into the food. But I recently learned more about it. Um, it it's that actually the gas... Uh, mm. Then off gases. So when you're burning that no stick Teflon material, which is carcinogenic and just completely toxic, and it's on the stove, and you're standing over the stove, you're you're breathing in a toxic gas. And there's even this thing called Teflon flu oh, shit. that people get sick from because it's so caustic. Yeah, it's gnarly. Oh, no, yeah, I, I think uh, a friend of mine was telling me that she uses ceramic. Yeah, yeah, the ceramic's a good way to go. Yeah, too. yeah, that's that's some of my pots. Um, the pots I have are ceramic. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's. I think that's a better way too. Mm -hmm. I haven't quite cracked the code on like the ultimate ultimate cookware, yeah. but definitely, I'm with you on the cheap metals and the no stick. If you could take only one supplement for the rest of your life, what would it be? One pill powder, one substance that's exogenous that you can take, and the rest I'm going to strip you of everything you've ever had. One hundred percent. Hydrogen water. Oh, nice, dude. I, I swear, if, if that was the only thing I could take for the rest of my life, doing as much research as I've done with, with all these things. And, and if you've ever been to my apartment, you know that I have tons and tons of supplements that I've used that I'm not using at the time, but like I've gone through it all. You know, all the top of the line stuff, all the stuff you take on a regular basis, all the tonic Chinese herbs. And the one that's really helped me when it comes to uh, inflammation and just overall energy, uh, cognitive function, it would be hydrogen. And I think it really falls back on this, this idea that hydrogen puts your body into a place that needs to be. It's homeostasis. And if you're in that state as much as possible, uh, it's really hard for disease to come and have a life. You know, that you're going to thrive in that, that state because um, it allows your body to do what it needs to be doing on a regular basis. It's not you know, too oxidative or, or too little of oxidation, there's this perfect balance in between. And uh, it's funny because I just got out of a, a talk with uh, Tyler LeBaron and he was t touching on this a lot and how many different disease models it helps because of this idea, not because it's like an antioxidant that's going to uh, just crazy push down your oxidative stress and inflammation, but it's going to put it into a place where your body can, can handle it because we need a little bit of oxidative stress as well. He was talking about how nitric oxide, nitric oxide is oxidative stress and that's a great ox type of oxidative stress. So we don't want to strip our body of all of it and that's why um, I think hydrogen is going to emerge as one of the kind of elite top things that people can be taking all the time because of this idea similar to like a CBD. They work in different mechanisms but similar to that why, how that's kind of gotten to where it is because of this idea of homeostasis. I love that, dude. That's cool. I didn't even realize that. I did a, for those of you listening, I did an episode with Tyler LeBaron, who he's speaking about uh, a ways back. If you just look through the feed, you'll see hydrogen, the 
super molecule or something like that. And we, we did a deep dive. I actually recorded at the Bulletproof Conference last year, I think it was. Oh, cool. And yeah, so for people that want to know more about that, I, I'm on board with that. And it's funny because I've been trying to answer that question for myself. And I'm thinking like probably qualia, like that's kind of my mm, daily the thing. Nootropic. Yeah, I just like that because it's plant-based and stuff. But I'm like, I don't know if I could give up the hydrogen though. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the thing. I'm like, I might, mine might be hydrogen too. So thank you for reminding me yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for people that can't afford to go buy expensive hydrogen machines and pills and stuff, what's your number one free biohack that people can practice in their life without spending a penny? Ooh. I would say sleep. I would say to get on a good sleep cycle for yourself. Get yourself into a nice circadian rhythm. Understanding, I mean, I think everybody's different and people, some people are night owls and they like to work in the evening. Some people um, are more up in, in the morning and early. Uh, I have found for myself, I'm, my system works the best when I'm in bed by like 10, 30, 11 and up by like 6, 6, 30. Getting like that seven, sometimes eight hours, but I'm right around seven hours feels really good for me. Um, I feel really like turned on the next day and, and uh, I pop out of bed and, and I feel like my cortisol levels are also in check too. Like I feel like I have them up and ready in the morning to get out of bed, but I also feel like they're super, super low in the afternoon down to the evening, really settling myself back into a place where I could have the best possible sleep. And I think getting yourself into that state and really focusing on biohacking that for yourself is super, super important, not only for just daily, but for longevity. Awesome, man. Great <laughs> advice. I think that might be my number one too. I love hearing these answers. It's so fun. Uh, <laughs> well, I what, love to sleep too. In, I, I've never been a person right? that I'm like, hey, let's go to the club or let's go out till yeah. two in the morning. I'm like, nah. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's hang out during the day. You know what's funny, dude? Let's is have that, a great time at like yeah, 3 yeah. p.m. to like 8 and have a great dinner and then all disperse and go get you know our own sleep. funny, dude, about that is I, I really procrastinate and put <laughs> off going to bed and I tend to stay up much later historically mm. than I would like to. It's mm. sort of like a habit I've been trying to break since I'm one years old. Um, <laughs> but then once I get in bed, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Why didn't <sighs> I do this three hours ago? I know. Because it'll be 1 a.m. or something. I'm like, God, dude, this would have been just as sweet at 10 or 10.30. Yeah. But it's it's challenging for me to get that. And I find I need more hours of sleep the uh -huh. later I go to bed. Whereas if I was to fall asleep at 10.30, I could wake up at 6, 6.30, be rocking. But if I go to yeah. bed at midnight, I want to sleep until 9 because I don't get as good of sleep, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's research and evidence out there that, you know, the further you push yourself through that kind of threshold of when you should, your body wants to be going to because there's a you know catabolic type morning and anabolic evening that your body wants to kind of be on schedule with, and once you push it past that, um, there's you know evidence out there that your body kicks back in that cortisol. Ah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which is what keeps you up. Which is what right. gives you that drive to be up till two, three in the morning to work. Damn it, that's what's happening to me. And then you have this kind of like high level of cortisol that's kind of blunting a lot of the uh, results that you want with other things. I think. Cool. Thanks yeah. for the insight. In your opinion or experience, what is the single most nutrient-dense food on the planet? Jeez. I'm going to have to say, this is gonna might be weird for people, but, and I'm not, I say this with, that I, would, I wish I ate it more, 
because it's not delicious. But I think that every time I did used to eat it, and every once in a while, I, I sprinkle it into my diet and I get this crazy huge charge from it. And you don't really want to cook it too long either. But I would say like grass-fed and finished beef liver. Yeah, yeah. Super nutrient-dense, super packed with the right B vitamin, B vitamin complex, uh, super high in B12 for people that are you know, dealing with uh, blood deficiencies and iron deficiencies, anemia, those kind of things. Um, but this is like, it's like electric food. It feels like this like jolt of energy. And I'm a meat eater. I like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I would say I classify myself as more in like in the paleo place. If anything, I avoid some foods, but I, and I'm not like eating tons and tons of meat all the time, but there's something about some of these organs that are really, really super dense in nutrients. And going back to, you know, when it was just, when you, when you think about like animals roaming around, when there's, you know, a carcass dead there, they don't go eating all the flesh. That's true. That's true. They go for all the wow. organs. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go for all the organs. That's interesting. Or if you watch a, a pack of lions take down a gazelle, they're not yeah. like chewing on the thigh. No. They open up the gut and they eat all the organs out. All the organs. That's funny. And then the, and then the uh, scavengers actually come and kind of pick the skin and the muscles right. and tendons off the bones. But right. the first, they left it all. The first responders of first the predators responders. are fucking eating the yeah. spleen, they the heart. They intuitively go yeah, for yeah. those nutrient-dense that's organs, cool. Yeah. God damn it. People, the vegans are going to hate that answer, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got spirulina on the other end of the spectrum, you, got spirulina. you know, so yeah. there's something for everyone. Yeah. Uh, what's one piece of advice you'd give to a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life, you know, to the, the emerging up and coming biohacker that wants to crush it. What would you do if, if, if you were young? Um, if I was young, I would start to in the in my early phases kind of look at how i'm uh creating stress and inflammation uh because i think when i look back at when i was cuz i played college football and you i get done it done playing at 23 and i'm about to be 34 and i feel like a lot of the things that i did to my body then not knowing how to recover at the time then there's nothing wrong with like going balls to the wall and like going all out and being somebody that's training hard and all that kind of stuff at a young age, but understanding what you need for that recovery, uh, food wise, hydration wise, rest wise, those are really big ones that when I was younger and kind of spoiled in a young, you know, like a 18 to 22 year old body, going great, crushing workouts and and doing three hour you know practices. And then going and eating like a plate of pasta and then not sitting in an ice bath and then not getting proper sleep and then, and just going and drinking, going out and having, you know, a night out with friends drinking. These are all normal things that we're going to do when we're younger, but understanding, okay, what's the, what can we do to offset those things so that I don't feel them as much as I feel them now at 33 and 34. Love it, dude. Who's been your favorite speaker here so far and why? Well, I've been kind of allocated to the Trucy booth most of the, most of the time. I was have actually only been able to catch Tyler LeBaron speak. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's appropriate. So, Tyler. You know, if you're at the hydrogen product booth, then that's yeah, the one you want to... Yeah, you go wanna... see the hydrogen. Yeah, my, uh, the CEO and the, uh, the co-founders of Trucy and um, 
Tyler talked for a bit and I learned some things that I didn't know about it. Uh, so that was cool. I wish I would have got to see Dr. Mercola talk. Yeah, me too. Uh, you didn't see him either? No, I haven't seen anyone at all. And I saw Schallenberger for a few minutes during lunch because mm. I just had to wolf down some salmon. But yeah, I've just been recording the entire time. Amazing. Yeah, and then I really like what the bio-optimizers are doing with their enzymes and probiotics and stuff. So I wish I would have been able to sit in for... I think one of the guys, Matt, one of the corners of the company talked about it. But Wade is kind of like a, another face in the company that has a... Oh yeah, you know what? Wade sent company. me some of their stuff, and I've been, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been using really, their enzymes quite a bit. I really like the enzymes. Yeah, they, they, there's like something really amazing, and reactive happening when I take two to three enzymes with a meal, especially if it's dense in protein. I feel like I just did a, you know, 15 reps of like push-ups or bicep curls after the meal because it's actually right. getting broken down and digested and into the tissue as opposed to eating it. And it not being completely digested and just sitting around and right. creating all this bad bacteria before it's ready to be passed right. the next day. And there's a huge difference. And we're, you know, as we get older, our enzymes deplete heavily and people don't realize that it's, it's one of those, I think, savior systems. Definitely one of the things supplement-wise that I'll be taking probably for the rest of my life. I, I think that enzymes are huge. Cool. Yeah. And how do you handle or manage negative emotions? I'm pretty even keeled myself, but I think I've gotten to this place because I wasn't always there, but I think I've gotten to this place where uh, just understanding and, and, and accepting all of everything that's happening around me as opposed to being resistant and creating that negative emotion in the first place uh, has really helped just so that a uh, brain rewiring that I've kind of done on myself of of just acceptance of all that's happening, but also breath work. I, uh, I'm, I was one of the guys that found, uh, was a founder of a, a company called the Wildfire Initiative. We do these um, breath work and meditation and, and hikes at Runyon. And we started doing these things at Alo Yoga. And a good friend of mine, Brian Ellis, kind of walked in the very beginning stages, taught me how to breathe. Um, and I think that's huge. I mean, we, our negative emotions and, and how we deal with them, uh, a lot have, have a lot to do with our breathing. And so when our, we're holding our breath all day long and, and creating this resistance and that stress piles up a lot more and you have, you can have these like outbursts from things as opposed to something coming in, obviously it upsetting you, creating this negative emotion and being able to like go into a breath work that helps to accept that and also release it in a way. Awesome, man. And how can someone be health conscious without becoming too neurotic and controlling about it? That's, yeah, that's a, there's a, there's a teeter-totter effect in that, right? We get like too excited about wanting to live forever, feeling our best. And then you can't go out and have dinner with friends because they're going to go somewhere that has canola oil. You know, so there's like, right. it's tough because I can be like that sometimes. And I think for me, um, it falls back on that kind of like acceptance thing again and understanding that it's okay to be, if I'm doing, if I'm going 85, 90, there's room for a 10. There's room for me to be, now my 10's not going crazy on like toxic foods and stuff. But my, my uh, other side is more so 
just the social side, being able to allow myself to be in these social settings and go out and do certain things that my biohacking brain or whatever you want to say per se um, isn't isn't wouldn't be super fond of. But I think that having that kind of 85, 15, 90, 10 relationship with yourself, if you're, you know, in that next level. I mean, some people are like, I'm cool with 60, 40. Some people are cool with 70, 30. Like, I've gotten to a place where I really feel good at that 90, 10, and I'm okay with that being my balance because I've understood that I, I, I'm not like other people. I really like the way I feel when I'm doing all the right things. And that's my number one thing is like quality of life. And if I could wake up every day and feel good and be sharp and still be able to laugh and have a great time with friends, I think I'm, I think I'm where I'm at, where I want to be. Cool, man. And do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what does that look like? My spiritual practice... Yeah, I think my spiritual practice is being able to redirect my focus to the present as much as possible and understanding that there's not really one time that I'm being trying to be spiritual. It's more so just life in general and seeing it all happening happening like right now and here even just this conversation right now, just being as present as possible and just loving life to its fullest because I really believe in energy and I can't tell, like I've never done ayahuasca or some of these things, these preparations for death or whatever and I I don't have an idea of what really is going to happen next. So with that unknown, I've always just got myself back to just loving that unknown and being super present and and loving me in this body, enjoying. I've always been like, I really like this body and this time and the way that everything's happening and unfolding for me. So yeah, I guess the spiritual practice is really just for me being as present as possible. Thanks, Crosby. Thanks, dude. Real quick, last question. And I got to run out of here and get to my next interview. Um, what's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Like, where do you see the future of this movement going? I think we're only grazing the surface of cellular health. And I think that's going to be everything uh, moving forward is because the exteriors are so damaged and some of the things that we're doing to try to get nutrients into the cell in the first place are kind of hampered by gut issues or chronic illnesses and diseases or whatever. We're not getting those nutrients into the cells that we should be. And so cellular health um, and getting nutrients into the cells as best as possible to have our bodies work the way that they should is going to be the biggest thing. I mean, everything from, you know, we've heard talks on like, Obviously, what, what, the things that I work with, uh, the molecular hydrogen is the smallest particle, particle in the world that's going to get into the cell, the nucleus of the cell. But, you know, NAD, NADH, these kind of things that people are talking about. Um, mitochondria, just mitochondrial cellular health 
uh, is really going to help propel us into a place of optimal, you know, our optimal states of, of health and well-being. Thanks for joining me, dude. Thanks, appreciate thanks, it. Luke. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks great for to hear your perspective. Here at, at We've known bullet- each other for quite a while, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I got to get him on the podcast. And, and every then, time I see him at Air One, I'm like, dude, yeah. when is your cold plunge going to be ready so right? I can come jump We're in? We're super close. The cold plunge is ready now. I just got to kind of dial in the yard a little bit, and I feel yeah. like, okay, now I can open it to uh, to friends and family. Cool. So, where can people find you? Website, social media, anything you want to direct people to? Yeah. Oh, I'm mostly pushing out all this content on Instagram at Crosby Taylor, C R O S B Y T A I L O R. That's kind of my mainstay. You can also check me out there for all the different sugar-free dessert recipes. I'm posting more and more recipes now. I really like throwing them up there and getting people this content because it's it's just a different way. Instead of trying to come out with a bakery or whatever, getting this in the hands of people so that can people can all over the world can help with their sweet tooth as well. Yeah, so, I've got one Instagram's of those. Instagram's the and channel you're, for you're it just, all. Dude, I got to say like a lot of sort of paleo keto desserts just taste like shit. Your stuff... When I've had it, the few times I've had is bomb. So you Thanks, guys, please dude. go get his recipes. The world needs like <laughs> sweets for people like me that aren't bad for you. So right. Thanks, dude. Cool, dude. Thanks. All right. What's your name and what do you do? I'm Daniel Raphael and I'm a transformational guide. Support people in activating their abilities, their consciousness and optimizing their life. Rad. Let's do that. Let's do that for the audience right now. What current myth, fad, or scam in the health industry bugs you the most? What misinformation would you like to do away with? I think a newer one that's uh, gone pretty popular is the overuse of psychedelics. They definitely have uh, saved my life and helped a lot of people. But because of so many people using them over and over again and, and not the correct settings, uh, it's doing a lot of harm as well. And so that's something that I wanted to share. Yeah. Cool. Love it. I, th- I just had a conversation with someone about that last night, actually. It's, one of the, it's a double-edged sword. You, know, you have more people waking up. You have more people um, exploring psychedelics and indigenous plant medicines and things like that. But then you also have a bunch of people partying, <laughs> just like being idiots about it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So it's good, to, it's good to have a little bit of balance in there, isn't it? Okay. So what are the three most toxic items in every home? Mm, top water with fluoride. And uh, a lot of the cleaning supplies definitely have a lot of chemicals in it. And, uh, you know, most of the food that we buy in stores is, is actually toxic. So GMOs and non-organic foods. Yeah. Isn't it crazy when you walk into, uh, you know, like a normal grocery store like Vaughn's or Ralph's or something? I, I very rarely go into those stores. Right. When you do, it's like you got to yeah, really look the- <laughs> for like those three things you <laughs> can buy. I walk in and I'm like, Oh my God, this place is literally just stacked floor to ceiling with actual poison. Exactly. I mean, it's literally just like, it's poison. It's and what's weird. cool is they, they're having more and more organic sections in all of the stores. It's great. Like even, you know, in the middle of nowhere. So it shows that, you know, people are waking up and wanting to get healthy, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. If you could only take one supplement for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm going to go in your house into your vitamin cabinet, presuming you have such a cabinet. I'm going to throw away everything. And for the rest of your life, you were in supplement prison. You can only take one thing that comes in a bottle, pill, powder. What would it be? There's this uh, new experimental peptide called BPC-157. And it regenerates your body and your brain. Absolutely amazing. So, I mean, that would be the, that would be the supplement. That's good. I like it. Is it publicly available? It's publicly available. Uh, I think it's... They're selling it online, but it's 
I think a gray area in terms of uh, human ingestion. Yeah, so. I take a few things like that that yeah. are. It's like they're they're a prescription drug, but you can buy it online without a doctor. They're kind of in a gray area. They're not legal, but they're not illegal. That kind of stuff. Right. So I don't know if I can recommend that, but uh, that's okay. I mean, this could be was. this could be <laughs> this is for you. I mean, I'm saying if you could only take one supplement. That supplement could be crack cocaine if like that's your thing. You're not recommending that other people go do that. You awesome. feel me? So you're safe. Cool. So um, as, as uh, one of the um, elders in my childhood used to say, uh, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> as he sat there and smoked weed all day and didn't have a job. So what's your number one free biohack? Something that people can do that doesn't cost any money, but will really upgrade their health. Timeline hopping. What the hell is that? Timeline hopping is when you visualize what you want, who you are, what you look like in this new parallel reality. And then you go through a process where you literally shift into that timeline. It sounds pretty sci-fi, but it's actually really easy. You can do it, you can do it in a, a few minutes and uh, it transformed my life. And a lot of people are doing it more and more because it changes your frequency and helps your subconscious get on board to a new path a new script instead of running the old script that we've been programmed with and conditioned from childhood. Dude, that's amazing. It reminds me of this um, principle I learned years ago from a teacher named Greg Braden. He did a book called, I think it's called The Fifth Mode of Prayer or The Lost Mode of Prayer or something like that. Anyway, he studied all these different cultures and the way that they pray. And one of the ways that he discovered that was uh, unanimous throughout all of these different unrelated, seemingly unrelated cultures was not praying for something uh, from God as if you don't have it and you need it to be given, but praying as if it's already happened mm -hmm. and creating that parallel universe kind of quantum reality because on one level, it has already been given. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Thank you for the reminder. Sometimes I'm kind of like, give me the thing. And I forget the thing's already here. It's just a matter of my resonance with it. Right. Yeah. Because if we seek something, it's a frequency of we don't have it. Yeah. Frequency of, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like using your imagination, right? That's cool. We need to talk more. Every time I do one of these short interviews, I'm like, um, we should have done an hour, three hours. <laughs> so we'll have to definitely talk more. I love that particular um, line of thought. And what, in your opinion, is the single most nutrient dense food on the planet available or just for your body? Could be a broad spectrum or just something that like works for you better than anything. I would say organic, grass-fed love. <laughs> <laughs> I think love love heals everything. And so you know, people, there's people out there really not eating food and just connecting with the power of love. And so as I'm learning that, it's uh, new for me because I went through a lot of traumas in childhood. I had to like learn how to give hugs and feel love just a few years ago because I was so shut off. And so for me, love trumps every food or every physical thing you can put in your body. Obviously, that's important. But that's what I got. That's great, dude. <laughs> I'm on board. What's one piece of advice you'd give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? Don't give your power away to what other people want you to do and follow your happiness. Because when you're living in your bliss, then you're connected to your spirit and you're guided in the right direction. And then you're going to have more energy and more happiness and less stress. And that's going to be the foundation for a long life. Awesome. Who's been your favorite speaker at this conference so far and why? I actually just got here, but I love Jim Quick. Uh, I'm a fan of him and uh, we've hung out before. So I recommend everyone um, listen to him because he's really uh, knows what he's talking about and has an inspirational story. 
You can, I interviewed Jim. Those of you listening, you can hear Jim quick on a recent episode. I interviewed him and I got the sense, I think we did about an hour and 20 or something like that. And I got the sense that we could have recorded for 10 hours straight yeah. and he would have never run out of teachings. He's a library of right? wizardry. Yeah. I mean, and I'm like, oh, of course that makes sense. I'm talking yeah. to a memory expert. So like everything useful <laughs> yep. he's learned throughout his life that he could impart to others, he actually retains it. Again, just like boom, 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 just drop knowledge bombs endlessly. Yeah. yeah great guy. Okay. Um, if you could only take advice from one health expert for the rest of your life, have one go-to source of information, who would that person be? I would say my intuition because I think uh, trends in health are changing. The planet's changing the environment. And so, you know, listening to my own body and recommend that for other people too, I think is the best way because diets work differently for different people. Supplements work differently for different people. And your body's natural intelligence is, uh, I think, trumps everything else in the end. How do you handle or manage negative emotions as they arise in your day-to-day life? Uh, some, something I'm definitely still learning. Uh, I, I think uh, speaking to them, communicating with them, loving them, instead of trying to push them away is the foundational key. Because there's different parts of us that didn't get loved in childhood. Learning how to interact in our unique ecosystem. And so uh, not trying to control them, but listening to them, learning from them and uh, developing a metacognition as to what different people and situations and actions cause different emotions so that you can learn through pattern recognition how to optimize your flow based off that. Oh man, I love that. Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what does that look like for you? Uh, spiritual practice has been evolving and um, returning to a more stable one now after experimenting with a lot of different things. But essentially... Um, taking leaps of faith with your intuition and surfing through synchronicities where things just show up on your reality. Um, I literally uh, haven't been on a podcast in a couple of years and decided, hey, I really want to be on a podcast. I said that about an hour ago and then my friends here, mutual friends connected us. So, you know, really? that's ultimate that's, practice because it's funny. not just something you do for 30 minutes in the morning. It's something you live. And uh, I forgot that for a few months actually recently and in, in some big ways. And so coming back into that, it's amazing what happens because you're connected to you know, a field of intelligence beyond your body and it knows what's going on. You might not know exactly what's happening, but when you, you trust that feeling and you leap, the universe is conspiring in your favor to help you receive what you want. How can someone be health conscious without becoming too neurotic and controlling about it? Like, How do we be aware of toxins in our environment and things that are quote unquote good and bad for us without becoming pathologically paranoid about health? Where's, yeah, where's the balance there? I think especially now it's, it's important to be extra cautious because of electromagnetic radiation and the toxins everywhere and all that. So developing filtration systems such as you know water filters, shower filters. Um, there's some amazing technologies that protect from EMFs, eating organic. And then once in a while, you know, you're on the airplane or you're at a restaurant, you can, you know, do a little, you know, do a little break, but developing that foundation allows you to then feel safe to release from any neurotic thoughts. And because you're doing your best, right? So just implementing those solutions. Cool. Love it. And lastly, my friend, What's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Where do you see the future of true health transformation going? I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be uh, an immortality. There's some supplements 
that are just coming out, like Immortalis. Oh yeah, what is that thing? I just put. <laughs> I'm like the guy <laughs> at the party. Someone's like, "Hey, um, you want to try this pill?" And I don't ask what it is. I just do it. And so you gave me some pill. I put it under my tongue. And then after the fact, I was like, "Oh, hey, what was that?" <laughs> Hopefully, you weren't like that. Was PCP? Have fun. Um, it's uh, happened yesterday. I I unconsciously did uh, rape. What do you call it? Hape. Yeah. Hape. Yeah. 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 And someone's like, hey, they were doing it once. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, give me that. And they said, set an intention. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, intention. And then I was like sick for two hours. Dumbass, rookie, like plant medicine move. And um, got home and my girlfriend berated me for being that guy. Um, so anyway, I digress. What was that that I took first off? And then where do you see the future of it going? Yeah, that was a probiotic-based uh, supplement that purportedly helps extend your lifespan and does wonders for your body and health. And there's a lot of these new supplements that are coming out from peptides and regenerative molecules. I like to stay natural that are able to regenerate your body, different organs. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Extend your life. And so I think that's one of the most exciting things in the biohacking field right now. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And then lastly, where can people find you uh, on a website, social media, et cetera? Yeah, my website's uh, danielrafael.org. R-A-P-H-A-E-L. And what about Insta, any Facebook, any of that stuff? Yeah, Daniel Raphael one right now. It's like, cool. Awesome, dude. Thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, very inspiring. Love you, man. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Before I launched this podcast in 2016, I spent about 17 years in the trenches of Hollywood working as a fashion stylist. And during that whole time, I was completely obsessed with health and wellness, just like I am now. But my day job was working on set. And one thing that I noticed in all those years was that people continue to use all of these really toxic personal care and beauty products, specifically the cosmetics. So over the years, I've really kept my eyes open for cosmetics products and beauty products that aren't toxic and don't kill you, to be frank. And there's been many that have come out uh, in the past few years, which is great. Some of them good, some of them not so good. I recently found one that I'm really excited about. It's called Beauty Counter. You can find them at beautycounter.com forward slash Luke Story. These guys make some super high quality cosmetics and skincare products that I think you'll really enjoy, especially if you're a female that likes to wear makeup and you don't want to wear 10,000 chemicals that are commonly found in makeup on your face, such as lead and lipstick, just for one. There's actually 1,400 ingredients that have been banned in the EU, and the U.S. has only banned 30. So it's, it's a pretty treacherous um, industry out there, and I really want to see people using the healthiest stuff out there. So if you're interested in checking that out, I recommend that you go to beautycounter.com forward slash Luke Story. That's beautycounter.com forward slash Luke Story. Very cool company, very conscious, really high quality products. You're going to love it. And now back to the interview. What's your name and what do you do? My name is Michael Trainer, and I have a company called Peak Mind, which helps people optimize their full potential. Uh, I have a podcast called Peak Mind with Michael Trainer, and I throw large-scale events. Awesome, man. What's the current fad, scam, or myth in the health industry that you would like to debunk? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a fad, but I, I live here in Los Angeles like yourself. And uh, there's a lot of quote-unquote shamans, uh, which I think... Uh, 
it can be quite dangerous um, in terms of people who haven't necessarily... I lived with a, a, a seventh-generation healer on the southern coast of Sri Lanka for two years. And uh, there is a reason why that, that lineage is passed down and that there's rites of passage to be able to hold certain information. And I feel like he, there's, there's a fair number of people in this community that uh, go to Peru for a week and come back and uh, have, have seen, which is beautiful that they've seen a different aspect of themselves, but then to try to hold space for others to do the same, I think can be somewhat dangerous. Wow. Great, great point. I was talking to uh, someone last night about that because they watched me with dismay as I kind of flippantly did some hape yesterday and got really sick. And they're like, dude, you're not respecting the medicine, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay, you're actually right. Yeah. You know, I was like, very, very, you know, I, I'm, yeah, guilty. Okay. <laughs> guilty as charged. I was being that guy. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that's, it's important. I think with powerful medicines like that, thoughtfulness and, and having that lineage behind you is, is important. I would agree. Yeah. I'll yeah. say one more thing about that. I think what, what we often, because we've, Grown up in the West, we sort of look at something in, in its physical properties, and I think what I've what I and by no means am I an authority, but what I've seen is that with a lot of these uh, medicines, especially from traditional contexts and cultures, it's not just the physical entity. There's actually like oftentimes a lineage or a spirit behind it, and and the context of the community and the person that's holding the space for that uh, medicine is is equally as important as the physical property itself. Wow, God. Someone was just telling me that same thing last night. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny, dude. That's great. That's great. I'm like, I wish she was here right now to be like, see, my friends know the real shit. Like, stop busting my balls. Okay. Um, what are the three most toxic items present in every home? Oh, God. Well, I think mold is, is so much more of an epidemic than we realize. Um, there's estimates. Dave said last night, 100 million homes in the US. But uh, mold is pro profoundly toxic. Uh, obviously, there's stachyobotrys, but mycotoxins uh, can cause such a multitude of symptoms that many people don't even know about. So I'll start there. Secondly, I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, the one of the most precious but most taken for granted items uh, in all of our lives is water. And you know, we've seen in Flint, Michigan, what happens when water, our water sources get polluted uh, and become toxic. Um, so I think, and unfortunately now with the with the multitude of pharmaceuticals that are being dumped into in, into our waterways, um, you know the EPA rollbacks that are now happening, which are allowing more chemical uh, droppings. I think that's another issue. And then I think the other factor is, frankly, um, so mold is an aspect of this. I think uh, you know toxins in the air, off gassing from carpets, from our furniture. You know, we, there's so many chemicals, and 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 unfortunately, you know, it's sort of. The innocent until proven guilty is our is our way of going about things as it relates to chemicals, but we have no idea how they affect the human physiology. And I think, you know, we talk a lot, especially in this environment, about the different types of vitamins, etc., that we put into our bodies. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're sitting in a toxic environment, doesn't matter how many green juices you're drinking, you know, you're you're basically besieged with toxins. And I think, unfortunately, one of the issues of our time will be how do we deal with the multitude of new inputs that we have no idea how they affect our physiologies and how can we start to adopt uh, based on those uh, inputs and and help to detox. Rad. Excellent, dude. If you could only take one supplement for the rest of your life, what would it be? I give you one bottle of pills every month that gets delivered in the first of the month, but you can only have one. What is it? Great question. My gut, <laughs> pun intended, my gut would go with a really 
high-end probiotic because our enteric nervous system, our gut, is so intricately linked to our brain. And many of us, including myself, um, have you know, grown up on antibiotics and such that have taken a lot of the healthy bacteria away. And, you know, we know about now like the sort of the neuro, like serotonin, 80 to 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. But many of us have wrecked havoc on our on our guts. And I think um, being able to help our guts do their jobs have profound effects on our health beyond which I would think we're just basically at the frontier now of knowing the, the degree to which our gut affects our health. Awesome. And what's your number one free biohack for people that don't have the money to spend on a fancy probiotic or other supplement or technology? Man, two. One is right here. I mean, we are uh, in the sunshine and uh, the vitamin D, but also just the, 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 the feel-good factor of being in the sun cannot be underestimated. Uh, and secondly, and my favorite way of doing this is the ocean. Although I know uh, I know you just created a, a very beautiful cold plunge, cold showers, baby. Uh, you know, uh, cold uh, increases endorphins, obviously improves circulation, reduces inflammation. Um, so many uh, positive benefits to cold exposure. Uh, so I would say controlled controlled cold exposure would be my my free biohack. Awesome. One of the things that I really love about having that ice bath now, which is now in the backyard, is when it's 90 degrees out in LA and the sun is just blazing on you. And in summer, you know, when the sun's like directly overhead and you're in 35 degree water. Yeah. It's a really cool feeling because it's not really natural. There probably are very few, if any, places on earth where it could be that hot in the air and in the atmosphere, but your body's submerged in water that cold. Totally. You know, so it's it's a weird thing. And I have my tub grounded too. So it's just, it's just this really amazing experience. I can't wait to try it out. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, Because you're, you know, maybe your neck and head are out really hot, blazing sun, but your body is, you know, in freezing to death. Yeah. So good stuff. All right. Next one. What is the most nutrient dense food on the planet in your opinion? I don't know if it's the most, but avocados, I think, are one of the most uh, genius foods that you can take for your brain. They're so full of healthy fats uh, they're applicable. I mean, there's so much controversy between paleo and vegan and all these. Everyone can agree on avocado, baby. Uh, and guacamole is my kind of party. But uh, but avocados, I think, are just... I think if you have an avocado a day, you're doing something right. Um, uh, you know, my dad, as, as you know, unfortunately, was diagnosed with dementia. So I did a deep dive into brain health. And one of the things is we starve. We starve our brains of the essential nutrients that they need. And our brains are principally fat. And so finding really good food natural food source, uh, nutrient-dense sources is is so integral. And avocado is an absolute uh, superfood, or as my friend Max Lugavere says, a genius food. Love it. I had some guacamole at the after party last night, actually. <laughs> Very good stuff. You know, it's funny though. I always go to Belcampo and sometimes I order grass-fed burgers, but most of the time I go in and I order like a triple or quadruple side of bacon. They have great pasture bacon and then a side of avocado. Yep. And I'm always so excited about it, but then I get my plate and I always think I'm going to eat the avocado first as, you know, sort of my salad and then I'll move on to the dessert, which would be this delicious bacon. And not once have I eaten avocado first. As much as I love avocado, <laughs> the bacon still always wins with avocado a close second, you know? So. Bacon is an interesting animal because, you know, I, I, I still to this day, you know, they say the olfactory sense is the one that it conjures the greatest memories. So your smell... I, I can remember my my aunts uh, at the farm cooking bacon to this day, and nothing brings me back to like my childhood like that smell. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's true. There's there is quite nothing like that delicious smell. All the vegans listening to the show right now are clicking. Well, stop. actually, they're, so vegans, uh, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got something for you. Is uh, there a vegan bacon? Now? Yeah, there's outstanding <laughs> foods. My friend Bill Glazer just announced, and it is delicious. Really? Yeah, he created bacon flavored chips made out of mushrooms of all things. So he they thin slice mushrooms, but they taste just like bacon. It's my new, it's my new jam. Oh, that's cool. Um, outstanding foods. I think they're going to be available in Whole Foods, and they were just featured at Expo West. But uh, but man, he gave me a few bags of it. Uh, and I have a lot of friends who are, who are, you know, hardcore ve- Moby and a variety of folks who are hardcore vegans. And I was like, man, I'm going to bring them some of these, these bacon chips because it's, it's the closest thing to the, the real thing I've, I've, I've experienced. That's it's delicious. Good. That's yeah. good to know. Cause I don't, you know, I would be sad if, uh, if our vegan community was unable to experience that delicious <laughs> flavor. Like, honestly, yeah, they, I was a vegetarian the for a long, long time. And it's like, I remember when it, it just kind of, I hit a wall with it. One of the first things I was looking forward to was bacon again. You know, that uh, was... I feel you, man. Tough. I was 17 years in on vegetarianism. And then doctor actually, because I'm an O negative blood type, and I know that some people see that controversially, but was like, you gotta, you have to, you should, I recommend for you getting back on, you know, and I don't eat meat a ton, but she, I, she took me out for some really good pasture-raised uh, uh, beef. And for me, at least, it was... Uh, the way my body responded was positive. Yeah. But yeah, I feel you. If, yeah. you're, if you're doing vegans, more power to you. Um, and, and luckily now there's evolutions where there's some really powerful options. Yeah, for sure. What's one piece of advice you'd give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? What do you got for the kids? Man, I for me, this is a mindset piece. I think lo- as much as you can uh, lo- love up other people and build really amazing relationships. You know, Harvard released actually it's 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 long the longest longitudinal study of its kind and the greatest correlation to long-term health but bigger than anything else which is very infrequently talked about is the caliber of your long-term relationships. So the thing that led to to people's long-term health was again I'll just put that out there the quality of your long-term relationships and I think those start when you're young you know it's like how do you surround yourself you know there's the adage obviously you're the you're some of the five people you spend the most time with I think especially when you're young and given all the inputs from society on what's cool this and that you know we can we can fall uh, we can fall into crowds that may or may not be the kind of people we want to grow with throughout life so for me it's it's find find your people and hold them close because I feel like, you know, we don't think about this when we're, we're young, but like on our deathbed, like what are you really going to care about? For me, it's like, who are the people I spent time with and what kind of amazing experiences do we share together? Uh, those you remember forever. And, uh, and that's to me the true wealth in life. So if people can find that, one, it's a great corollary to health, but also it's, I think to me, what life's all about. Awesome, man. I agree wholeheartedly. At this conference, who's been your favorite speaker here so far and why? Uh, I just left uh, Sean Stevenson's talk and I liked it a lot because he the the kind of under underlying message that I took away from the talk was the value of diversity. You know, we see that in crops, you know. Unfortunately, we now have this this kind of I would call it almost an epidemic of monoculture which which ultimately is leading to disease of the planet and and of ourselves. And if you look at permaculture, it's all about the strength of diversity, right? Like corns, beans, and squash, how different plants come together where one's waste product is the fuel for another and, and these sort of closed ecosystems. 
And he was talking about in the health context, we, we often get kind of obsessed with certain things, right? Like I, for example, do yoga almost every day because I injured my shoulder doing HIIT training. But he's like, basically, it's, it's the diversity of all these experiences, right? It's, it's doing the walking, it's doing the yoga, it's doing the cardio, it's doing the HIIT training because in that diversity, your, your body is always adopting and in that sort of... Do- and what I liked about it was he then went beyond the traditional health exercises and started to go into, you know, diversify your inputs, read different kinds of books, go interact with different kinds of people. You know, all of us get into our comfort zones and we know that growth happens beyond the comfort zone. And I think in, in the health context, that is true. That is true as well. Awesome, man. Love it. Yeah. I want to get him on the show, actually. He's a great guy. I'll introduce you. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Yes. How do you handle or manage negative emotions that arise as you're out there living your life? So for me, I've handled this differently. Um, You know, I think I've been, I think many people do this as well. You know, I was, I was definitely a spiritual bypasser at times where I was like, negativity is bad. Anger is bad. I didn't even feel like I had anger in me. Uh, And then I did a lot of some, some pretty deep work, uh, personal work. And in controlled, safe environments, realized I did actually have anger within me and expressing it was very healthy. So I think finding safe spaces and safe containers, um, I'm, I'm passionate about this, especially for men, you know, where, the, where they, there's ways in which you can, you know, unfortunately in this day and age, you know, men don't have processes of individuation, which have been in place since time immemorial in traditional cultures to grow them from boyhood into manhood. And so I think what we're seeing in our culture is a lot of unindividuated masculinity, sort of armchair tyrants and and boys who haven't become men. And so I think... Um, they it, become social media trolls. That's <laughs> what they become. That, that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> and worse. Uh, and so I think... Um, so I think for me, finding controlled areas to express constructively your emotions and those negative emotions is really powerful. And transmuting that energy, if you will, like turning into the compost for different gardens. You know, I mean, I think all things come up for us for a reason, you know, and and so not repressing them, but using them as indicators. And then ideally as, you know, I use the metaphor of compost, but as, you know, turning turning your shit into into gold, you know, into the gardens of tomorrow. Like what is that, what is that input letting you know about yourself or your experience or your environment, or maybe that person that may be toxic? That you, if you actually listen to it, you can adapt and actually surround yourself with healthier inputs, more positive inputs, etc. How can someone become health conscious without becoming too neurotic or controlling about the threats in our environment, staying healthy and all that? Where How do we find the balance? Man, great question. Yeah, I think if you go far enough down the rabbit hole, it, it can become overwhelming. Um, and a friend of mine said something to me that I, I really love, which is, you know, if doing all the things is great. And I, you know, like you, I'm a passionate about all the different hacks and, and opportunities and supplements and, you know, the opportunities to, to really delve most fully into our health and wellness. But I think coming back to the core of what makes us healthy, which is oftentimes the simplest things, right? You look at traditional societies, it's connection, human connection, you know, it's relationships, it's joy, you know? So it's like, you know, and a friend of mine said this, well, he's like, if you're out at a party, eat the cake, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, is it better to obsess? I mean, 
What's the energy you're putting into it if you're stressing and obsessing about whether or not that's like a gluten? Now, granted, if you have celiac disease, it's one thing, but like, you know, is there a little bit of gluten? Like last night, like I'm traditionally like gluten free, but I'm having a great conversation and I don't drink very much. But like I'm, having, I'm with Tara, our friend from Four Sigmatic. I'm having a great conversation. They offered me some dry farms wine. I'm like, yeah, I'll have the glass of wine. There was like some gluten in the dessert. I didn't obsess about it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat the dessert because they always bring me joy. And I think. If you stay in joy, the re- that resonance is ultimately the core of health. It, more so to me, at least, than this slight input of something that you may perceive to be quote-unquote unhealthy. So important for people like me, and I'm assuming a lot of our listeners to hear. I interviewed Bruce Lipton the other day, and uh, it'll, it will have come out by the time this conversation's out. But he proved beyond the shadow of a doubt from a biology PhD level that our thoughts about things are more powerful than the things, right? (laughs) Yep. And so I was like, God, but what about cell towers and EMFs? What about blue light? I mean, I have the data. I have the science to say that this will kill you. And he's like, well, if you believe that, then yes, it will. But there's a place where you can build your auric field to be so powerful where you render yourself um, uh, impenetrable by those "Quote unquote negative forces," and it has to do with the depth and the and the um, the firmness of your belief. Yeah, I'm like, ah, I get that, but you're talking Jedi shit. So I can stand next to a cell tower and be like, it's not hurting me because I don't think it is. It's like, ah, it was so hard for me to wrap my head around that. Even though on one level, I've I've experienced that in many ways, but man, that is that's very aspirational to get to the point where you can be like, you know what? There's joy in this gluten. Therefore, it's not going to harm my gut because I'm having such a positive experience with it, you know, to be able to override that. And I, it's, it's funny, you know, I believe that and I'm moving more toward that myself. You know, the fine line, I think, between awareness and fear. Like right now, as we speak, there's chemtrails being sprayed right above our heads. And when I see that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. There's aluminum in my lungs. <laughs> it's giving me Alzheimer's straight up, you know? And then the other thing is like, well, what if I just look at the the other, you know, 99.9% of the sky that's still blue and beautiful and has clean oxygen in it? I think what you, you know? just said, that last part really resonates with me, right? Because it is to a degree what we focus on and what it s- stimulates within us, right? And so oftentimes, you know, it's like, um, you know, I just released the podcast recently and like, I've had nothing but positive reviews. I got my first negative review and I was like, oh, I remember how, that. <laughs> how, how deep do I want to go into my negative review? Right. What did, they, like, what did they say? You know what? Here's the beauty. And I love this and I probably will check it out at some point. But I was like, as I went to go deep, I was, I went to go assess it and I was prepared. I could feel the cortisol, like the stress, the like almost defensiveness before I even read their comment. I was like, you know what? I thought about, and I remember uh, watching this this really well-known director talk about this. And he's like, I don't pay attention to the critics. And I thought of that famous quote where it's just like, it's not the critic that counts. It's the man on the field, ostensibly, um, that matters, right? Like, it's like the imperfection of being out there. And, and so I actually haven't gone back. I closed the screen. I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm not going to let it affect because I was right about to head to the upgrade conference. It's like, I'm not going to obsess on the negative energy someone uh, decided to share, I'm going to instead focus on being positive and continue to share my song. Uh, it, it may not resonate with everyone and that's fine, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I chose to focus on the 99% of the sky that was still shining. Awesome, man. Yeah. Great reminder for me. I tend to be a bit paranoid, admittedly. <laughs> Do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what does that look like for you? Yes, I do. And uh, it's hard to distill into uh, a soundbite. 
Uh, for me, I would say if I had to distill it down into a word, it would be nature. And uh, I know like you, I, I, I share, for me, church is going, going into, you know, I think the perfection of nature. Um, I lived, as I mentioned earlier, in Sri Lanka for two years and in an in a incredibly beautiful uh, natural environment uh, on the other side of the world from where I grew up. And there I studied a um, sort of lay Buddhism, so pre-Buddhistic animistic beliefs and their evolution with Buddhism and Hinduism. And what I loved about that culture is traditionally there was no word for privacy and there's no word for possession. So you, your health was seen as integral to the whole because you were not an individual. You were part of a whole. And I think that to me, my vision of spirituality is us realizing our interconnectedness and our interdependence, uh, not just with each other, but with all things. And so I go to, I go, my spiritual practices are about reminding myself of our essential nature, which is ultimately this, this, this profound oneness. Uh, there's a great, for, for listeners, if you haven't read, it's a Hawaiian Buddhist text, but the Jewel Net of Indra. I think it's a really beautiful uh, concept, but it's sort of about this jewel net, the web of reality and how the microcosm is the macrocosm and, and, and this, this notion of our interconnection and interdependence. And that to me is in short form, the essence of a lot of my spiritual practice. Beautiful. What's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Like, where do you see the technology going, the knowledge going? Uh, what area of focus are the experts going to deliver that's really going to move the needle forward in terms of our health? Well, I think I would say simultaneously two things. I think there's going to be kind of an emergence, which are, there already is, of this sort of traditionalist and traditionalism, right? Like this almost like, you know, the primal, like you saw, you know, some of, the, some of these uh, leading voices going off and literally starting to go hunting in Hawaii. Just, uh, you know, I won't mention any names, but like this sort of like return to our roots. With Kyle some Kingsbury of, <laughs> and Ben <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Return to the roots, kind of primalism. And then I think on the other side, like another friend of mine has evolved a an algorithm, machine learning AI algorithm that can detect early pre-stage one inflammation uh, assessing 33,000 uh, layers of our genome and our genetics. So if you can see pre-inflammatory markers and then the more data sets that you have, in other words, the more people that take the test, the more intelligent it becomes, we're going to see this evolution wow. of AI and machine learning to give us diagnostics on things we haven't even scratched the surface of. I can't, I can't even frankly fathom. So I think it's going to be interesting because I think those polarities are going to move simultaneously. There's a beautiful mathematical cosmologist called Brian Swim, which I think you would actually love, Luke. And he talks about the cosmos and evolution happening in this dynamic tension. And the fact that like, and, and it's actually interesting to our last point, we are so fortunate in terms of where we are in the solar system, where the universe is within the span of, of the multitude of universes, because we exist in this infinitesimally small incredibly productive region that exists in this dynamic tension between like the gravitational pull of these celestial bodies such that life as we know it has flourished, right? And like the hawk and the, and, and the rabbit have evolved because of their sort of predator-prey relationships to evolve these unique characters. And so it's, it's my belief that with any challenge, we evolve the commensurate opportunity to biohack, if you will, or evolve our consciousness such that we can meet it with the sort of the solution to the challenge, if you will, if, we, if we're paying enough attention. So my hope is that I don't think we're going to stop the technological evolution, yet I think we've lost a lot of things in not listening to some of the core ancestral indigenous wisdom of this planet. 
So I think these, te- these, 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 both of these polarities are going to evolve. And my hope is that we both listen to the traditional wisdom of, of, of our elders and so much of the medicinal wisdom that is unfortunately being lost. I mean, fortunately, there are now Amazonian tribes that are sort of creating encyclopedias of a lot of the wisdom as it relates to traditional plants and ways of working. But unfortunately, as we know, much of that has been lost. And on the other hand, I think we have this scientific evolution. So my hope is that the biohack uh, combines respect and appreciation for indigenous wisdom while also evolving and appreciating the advances in science. Excellent. And lastly, where can people find your website, social media, if they want to track you down and stalk you? <laughs> I'm just uh, at Michael Trainer on all social platforms. And um, if there's one thing, yeah, uh, I'm going to have you on shortly. Follow me, Peak Mind with Michael Trainer on uh, all the podcasting apps or peakmind.org uh, online. And I want to let you know, I you know I I peruse the iTunes uh, new and noteworthy, and you know I'm, I'm looking at what podcasts are doing well and getting pissed when mine's not doing well enough, and comparing myself with other people, and having to work <laughs> through that. Um, but as I've, we all do, but I've looked up at your uh, your podcast, and it's it's like up there in the charts, the new and noteworthy yeah. and stuff. You made a good uh, whatever you did strategically, and or the quality of it, or however you you did it, dude. You're doing great because I know like there's tens of thousands of podcasts, and to even be visible at all in the realm of iTunes. It's very difficult. So congratulations on your initial success. You're already crushing it. Thank you, brother. I hope to grow the community. Uh, I hope to have you on in the near future. And it's it's really an honor. You know, it took me a long time. I think listeners could probably relate to this to put my song out in the world. And uh, I actually went to... I had been recording the podcast for some some years and hadn't released it because I was afraid of of the critic. Right. And, right. and I literally saw, I went to a Fleetwood Mac concert and, uh, and it was a Tom Petty tribute. And I'd wanted to go see Tom Petty the year before and he passed away. And I realized, you know, some people, you know, certain opportunities are only there once. And if you let them pass you by, they pass you by. And I was like, I'm not going to die with my song in me. So I'm singing the nice, song. Nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks for singing your song on the Lifestylist podcast. And we'll have you back again and we'll do a full interview for sure. Thank you, brother. It's All an right, honor. Man. So what's your name and what do you do, man? Hi, my name is Anthony Capobianco. I own and operate a company called Zen Tea Traders, where we work with restaurants and coffee bars all over the U.S., helping them step up their tea game. What current fad or myth or scam in the health and wellness industry bugs you the most right now, Anthony? I feel like it's everybody. there's a lot of people in this space. There's a lot of charlatans. There's a lot of information out there that's that's... I wouldn't call it bad information, but just not top information. So a lot of amateurs, I guess you'd say. So I tend to follow the, the top people um, and do a lot of searching online to find out what's going on. Speaking of top people, that brings me to another question later in the list. I'll jump to it now. If you could only take the advice of one health expert for the rest of your life and no one else, who would that one person be? Well, he's since passed, but uh, one of the people I looked up to was a guy by the name of Charles Poliquin, aka the Strength Sensei. I loved his intuition. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of him. He's on some podcasts and stuff. He, I think he was kind of in my periphery. And then unfortunately, he passed before I had the chance to um, have him on the show. But we'll check him out. What are the three most common toxic items in every home? Well, definitely Wi-Fi. And I'm learning more and more about this. I unplug my Wi-Fi before bed. That's number one. Number two, I would say is water. People don't take enough uh, time to stop and think about what's in the water they're drinking. And the third thing I would say is air quality. A lot of the air quality inside your home can be worse than outdoor air quality. 
Those would probably be the three for me too. Yeah, that's good. I'd love to see what people say in these questions because I never know. Sometimes it's like mold or aspartame or who knows what. What's your number one free biohack that people could do to improve their health that doesn't cost a dime? Breathe more. Stop for a moment and, and ask yourself, am I breathing or am I holding my breath? That's funny because I just realized I was holding my breath. What's the most nutrient-dense food on the planet or for your body personally? I love eggs. I eat about 30 a week, four poached eggs for breakfast every morning for the past four years. Do you eat the whites? Eat the whole thing. The whites, you need, you need the, the fat. If you do whites by themselves, and you can look this up, it actually spikes your insulin. So you want to do the fat because that's where the choline is. And choline, look that up as well. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I eat eggs, but only raw in a smoothie with the flavor mask of <laughs> flavor masks. I, I can't stand the taste of eggs or the smell. Like I hold my breath when I crack an egg and God forbid someone cooks eggs in my house, but uh, I can feel the power of that uh, choline every time I have them. What's one piece of advice you'd give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? Stop for a minute and don't get too involved about with everything's going on around you because a lot of people are saying different things. Just pick a couple of small things and do them through a marathon, the long part of your life. Don't worry about sprinting and how quick can I get here or there. It's a marathon, not a sprint. How do you handle or manage negative emotions that come up in your day-to-day life? I stop and say to myself, this is a growth opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to grow from the negative because... We learn about things when we learn about ourselves when things are difficult. You can we can read all the self-help motivational books we want, but when the rubber meets the road is when we have a challenge. And when we look at dead in the face and say, This isn't a challenge, this is a growth opportunity, an opportunity for me to practice what I've learned. How can someone be health conscious without becoming too neurotic about it? Well, look at your shelf and see how many vitamins you have. I'm kind of guilty of it. I have a lot of vitamins in my shelf, but the thing is I don't take them all at once. I listen to my body. Just stop and listen to your body. Your body will tell you what you need. Speaking of uh, vitamins and supplements, if you could only take one supplement the rest of your life and you had to throw everything else in the garbage, what would that one supplement be? Glutamine. Definitely L-glutamine. Really? Why? Because everything starts in the gut, right? So glutamine repairs the gut lining and helps you. And that's where the base of everything is. When you're stressed out, emotional, you're taking in toxins, all this stuff, glutamine's where it's at. Do you have a spiritual practice in your life? And if so, what does that look like? When life comes at me fast, I slow down. So um, for me, I try and create space to take a moment, whether it's five minutes, 20 minutes, whatever that something is, to slow down and just go to that place of quietness and meditate. And sometimes my meditation doesn't look like me, you know, in a Buddhist position with, you know, levitating off the ground or something. It's me having tea and pouring tea and just stopping for a moment, creating space and acknowledging that very present moment. Tell me something spectacular or interesting about tea that your average person probably doesn't know. Number two consumed beverage in the, in the world. Number one consumed beverage in the world is water. Number two consumed beverage in the world is tea. And on top of that, one more quick thing is that nobody ever says they're trying to kick the tea habit. 
That's interesting, dude. Well, your tea is amazing. Speaking of your, I have some at home right now, actually. I just moved and I organized all my tea. So I know I have Zen traders in there. So speaking of that, where can people find your website and social media? So check me out on Instagram or YouTube. Zen Tea Traders is my handle. You can email me and I'll answer questions. Anthony at ZenTeaTraders.com. Sweet. Thanks for coming on the show, Anthony. Thank you. I appreciate having me. What's your name and what do you do? Hi, my name is Troy Casey and I'm the certified health nut. <laughs> you sure are. I love that you still use the term health nut because before it was called biohacking, you were just a health nut. Like if you lived at the vitamin store and took herbs and supplements, you're a health nut. So I like that you just claimed that as your thing. It's recycled from the 60s. Yeah, totally. And I right? certified it. Right. I love it. What's, the, what's a current fad or scam in the health and wellness industry that bothers you the most? Say like a myth that's commonly held or something that people are doing they think is good for them, but is really not. Young or old trainers on uh, steroids or hor- hormone replacement therapies trying to sell you their programs or their ideologies, but in reality, they're on drugs and that's where they're getting their performance enhancement, even if it's a physique. And what would be your beef with that particular route? Uh, it's short-lived. And if you are doing exogenous uh, hormones, then your body's probably not going to produce its own and you're going to be a slave to the pharmaceutical companies for the rest of your life. And that, to me, is an erroneous message. Awesome, dude. I love it. I've, I've actually toyed with that. My testosterone naturally is always pretty high, but there's been... A couple of times I tested, I was like in the 600s and I'm going, yeah, not high enough for me. I was higher than your average, you know, beta male soy boy, but, <laughs> but <laughs> nothing against them, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but I'm like, I went 1200, you know, so I thought about doing the little, um, you know, they can put that little tab under the your patch. skin. Yeah. The, the patch or they have these little, um, what are they called? Not nuggets, but granules or some shit they put under your skin. But that's the feeling I had was that if I were to take exogenous testosterone, that would signal to my body wherever that's made, oh, well, we don't need that anymore. It's being supplied, to, right? So We don't need to manufacture it. Yeah. And I guess my, my, my biggest beef is, is, hey, that stuff's cool. If that's your dream and you want to you know, rock the IBF F stages of the world and become Arnold Schwarzenegger, and so, that's not a problem. Let's just be honest with what you are doing to get your physique. Right. And then oh, people so are can you, make are choices. Are you talking more about that. the anabolic steroids? Well, or? I think all of it, oh, okay, really. Okay. HGH, testosterone yeah, yeah. replacement therapy, or you know, shooting echopoise into your. One thing I can say about HGH that was a definite benefit is that when I was using that years ago, it got me over my fear of needles because I was like injecting it into my belly fat every day. Yeah, I was getting. I got my shit from like a HIV patient who had too much leftover and. Someone said it made you younger, so I did it. But now I'm not afraid of needles at all. When I get an IV, I'm just like, oh, cool. Anyway, I digress. Nice. Let's get back and to I you. And I just say that there's endogenous ways to do the same thing. Right, right, for sure. Uh, what are three of the most toxic items in people's homes commonly that they might not be aware of? I would say fragrance as a top one. It's a neurotoxin. Um, so uh, fragrance, uh, I would say glyphosate in their food supply. Um, that's hammering the gut microbiome. Um, that that might even be number one. Um, and then toxic. Uh, I would have your house tested for mold if you're dealing with a 
uh, really difficult health situation, autoimmune-esque, chronic fatigue, et cetera. Nobody can figure it out. Have your house tested for mold. Dude, good answers. Well done, man. I think you might have just taken my answers. That's really good. Everyone else so far said um, like Wi-Fi and EMF, which, you know, yeah, blue light. But the mold thing, that's sneaky. I mean, you can tell if you have your Wi-Fi router on. You can't tell if you have mold. So I love that. If you could only take one supplement for the rest of your life, what would that be? Got to quit all vitamins, all herbs, all supplements. And there's one thing you can have a bottle of in your kitchen. Mm. Ayahuasca. (laughs) Great, dude. And moving on. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's really good. I've been doing a, uh, like a, what do you call it? Homeopathic ayahuasca since I recently did some ceremonies and uh, three sprays right before bed every night. I don't know. I have great dreams. What's your number one free biohack? I have many listeners that are like, you know, I don't want to go, I don't have the money to go buy all these PMF machines and red light things and all that. What's, you know, what can you do for free to really improve your life and your health? Breath work. Love it. I agree wholeheartedly. What is, in your opinion, for your body or in general, the most nutrient-dense food on the planet? Sunlight. Fucking A. I think we might have to do a longer interview, Troy. (laughs) So hard for me not to delve into these further. What's one piece of advice you would give a young person under 25 who wants to live a long and vibrant life? Face your shadow. Who's been your favorite speaker here so far and why? Me. Because <laughs> you haven't heard any other speakers since the first day. <laughs> that was a trick question. Okay, so we haven't heard anyone here this weekend, but if you could only take advice from one so called health expert for the rest of your life, who would that be? You have to ignore all the noise and you have one mentor, one guru that's not yourself and your higher self and your internal wisdom, but one outside person that you're going to really follow. Well, I mean, you're on a great journey there, Luke. I think what you provide in the social media platform and your honesty and your openness, I mean, for lack of conjuring up someone else, I mean, you're on point, brother. Dude, thanks, Troy. I appreciate it. I'll take that. Bonus points for our guest in this round, guys. How do you handle or manage negative emotions in your personal life as they arise as you're doing the human thing? Forgiveness, gratitude, breath work, ice baths. Forgiveness, keep coming back to forgiveness and gratitude. Forgiveness and gratitude, I think they're the great equalizers. Ah, so much so. I just had a, an amazing moment of gratitude last night. You know, we were talking about the fact that I just moved and, uh, you know, set up this ice bath, which is another great way to manage your emotions. I was looking out in my backyard and listening to my dog play and my girlfriend's over and there's food on the stove and I just had this homey, amazing feeling. And then what I was doing for quote unquote work was recording some podcast intros, which is admittedly the most tedious and annoying part of podcasting. Although like it's hard to even complain about that. But in the middle of that, I'm just kind of sensing the environment in my house and just going, God, how did I end up here? I have such a great life. It's, it's those simple things. It's not then just win the lottery. There's not a brand new Porsche in the driveway. It's, it's nothing outside. It's just, you know, the satisfaction of um, having the creator provide an environment that's safe and homey and cozy and doing some things for money that actually feel integrous and good. So, so you value peace and harmony. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But gratitude, man, it's, you know, it's one of those things that does, it's not just automatic, even after years of practicing it. I mean, I think I live in a state of unconscious gratitude a lot now, but you know, having a practice, I think is important where we remind ourselves, all right, hey, let me, let me just stop and take a look around. 
and uh, you know, look at the miracles that are present in life. So, well, my brother challenged me to a gratitude journal when I was going through a difficult divorce and uh, it radically transformed my life. I did it uh, twice a day um, for, I think, six months and then I did it steadily for a year and a half. And I'm just frigging grateful. Good, bad, or ugly. That's a, that's a cool commitment, actually. That's a good one. Gratitude journal. Yeah. Definitely. High yeah. recommendation. All right. Love it. Okay. Um, how can someone be health conscious without becoming too neurotic and controlling about that? I would say get grounded into nature because that's going to teach you. Get into the, the nature and get your feet into the nature. Uh, get into the sunlight. And yeah, being cognizant that uh, analysis paralysis and neurosis is a mental disorder, which is antithetical to holistic health, which is mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Love it. Sage advice. Speaking of spiritual, do you have a spiritual practice in your daily life? And if so, what does that look like? Huh. Well, uh, I would say facing life, being grateful for everything that's there, really cherishing just life in general, my kids, um, my nutrition, my health, um, just breathing, just, just gratitude for life itself. Awesome. What's going to be the biggest biohack of the next five years? Consciousness. <laughs> Your answers are great. And it's funny because you're, you're so concise. But you guys, before we start these lightning rounds, I'm always like, hey, listen, I've got, I want to get through all my questions to be concise. And he's like very thoughtful and almost too concise. I'm like, well, you're done. On to the next one. Wait, it's going too fast. Where can people find your website and social media, Troy? Uh, Troy Casey, Certified Health Nut, CertifiedHealthNut.com, TroyCasey.com. Instagram's probably where I'm most active currently. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel, 500 videos on there. And then, yeah, find me at Muscle Beach in Santa Monica or Air One Market when I'm not hibernating at home and recalibrating my own energy. Awesome. Thanks, man. And, and I will contest to uh, your Instagram. If you guys want a good follow, check out his Instagram. There's a lot of great content on there. And you can see what happens if you are in shape. <laughs> thanks for joining me, dude. That concludes part one of the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs Biohacking Conference All-Stars. Don't forget that part two has already dropped, so it's ready for you to jump right in. We've got six more fantastic guests coming up, but I put them in two episodes because it's just insane to have 12 interviews in one show, right? We'd be here for 10 hours or however long it is. I want to invite you back for a very special show on Tuesday with Kyle Kingsbury from On It. It's his second appearance on the show. We're talking about next level human optimization, psychedelics, and life mastery. You do not want to miss that. And don't forget to take a visit over at lukestory.com forward slash store, where you will literally find every single health product I've ever used in my life that has been worth a shit. I'm straight up. And everything you find in my kitchen right now and in my biohacking man cave out in the backyard and all over my property here, there's devices and toys and supplements and all the things that make my life awesome. I put them all together in a store just for you. Uh, there's links to all of the rad stuff. And most of the time you get a discount uh, too. So get over to lukestory.com forward slash store. I'd also like you to check out beautycounter.com forward slash lukestory. That's beautycounter.com forward slash lukestory. If you want to get down with some very clean, non-toxic makeup and personal care products. And I think that's about it. Let's go ahead and jump into part two. So click stop on this one. Click start on the next one. We're about to dive right back in with six more interviews. 
This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.